Hey, what's up, guys? It's Danny Brown with The Deal. Thank you again for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and comment. We appreciate it. Everyone counts. This week's guest, serial entrepreneur Fred Krueger. Yes, you heard the name right, Fred Krueger. He actually came in over the holidays to interview with us. It was Friday the 13th, so we had a good laugh about that. But Fred has exited out of nine startups. Ladies and gentlemen, nine, not one, not two, nine. And his new company, EOS Links, is a blockchain with a wallet. There's games, there's coins. He's going to break, de- break down the, the blockchain world, the crypto world. The first week from launching, they've had over 50,000 users, which is gangbusters, I imagine. And the next 30 days, it's going to be new metrics and new records. I'd really watch out for this. EOS Links, Fred Krueger, brilliant guy, PhD mathematician out of Stanford before he started his tech career. And really cool, fun guy to hang with. Known him a long time. Hope you enjoy this as much as I did. And again, if you like what you hear, five-star review, leave us a comment. Thank you. Welcome to The Deal with Danny Brown. I have a special guest, Fred Krueger here on Friday the 13th, no less, but we'll let that one go. But I'm fired up to have you. I've wanted to have this conversation about crypto and blockchain many times with you at the gym, but we're going to have it today right here. But just to give you a little background, uh, Fred and I know each other through my brother-in-law, Evan Rifkin. I know uh, Fred's a serial entrepreneur. He's exited nine companies, yeah. 10 companies, 500 million. He's done very well in the tech space, startup space. The ones I know are, were uh, iWin and Traffic Marketplace, Tag World, and then there's a bunch of others that were before my time. But you're a Stanford PhD mathematician. Yeah. So you know your numbers. Brilliant guy. You're not a liberal arts idiot like me and most of these other guys. You've actually done something with your life. But welcome to the deal. Thank you. And thanks for for making it out. Um, Before we jump into the crypto world, why don't we talk about, Fred, how you got into tech in the first place? You were were Uh, a mathematician. Well, so I I started out on Wall Street. So uh, you may not know this. I didn't know uh, that. I started out on Wall Street as a trader. Oh, there you Uh, go. I traded for six years. I didn't even know uh, I that. was an arbitrage trader at Solomon Brothers uh, uh, under nice. the infamous John Goodfriend and James, uh, John Merriweather. Is this and New York? New York. Yeah. Uh, so I was in the, if you ever read the book, Liar's Poker. Yes, of course. Famous book. Well, that, that was my world. I worked in the arbit- on the arbitrage desk at Solomon Brothers. And uh, we played Liar's Poker and uh, I you know, intimately familiar with that crew. So this is right out of school? Or? Uh, yeah, pretty well, pretty much. Yeah, it was right out of, uh, I did my PhD, and then I did one little stint in San Francisco for a company called Bechtel. Yeah. Which so is a huge engineering construction company for a year, and then and then got recruited onto Wall Street. And so I became one of the first uh, kind of quant traders there. You know, there was, there was probably 10 of us there that, you know, had PhDs at, uh, Kind of a lot. Most of them from the East Coast. Most from MIT. Right. Uh, and there was uh, me and this other guy from Stanford. And um, wow. 
Uh, so basically, we I traded for six years, did well trading, uh, and uh, in 1992, I uh, wanted to leave trading. I was kind of completely burned out, uh, and uh, you know, felt felt I was an old man. Got it. You know, it's and a- uh, and so I I said I'm going to do something different. Uh, and so my brother, who was in software. Oh. Said, hey, why don't we do a software company together? And I'm like, okay, do you have any ideas? And uh, he 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 said, yeah, you know, I have this idea for this medical software. So we said, okay, it sounds sounds like risky, but whatever, we'll do it. Just try so it. We just tried it, right? And then we abandoned the medical software about one month in. <laughs> and uh, and I said, this is just too ridiculous. Uh, what do you have any other ideas? And he said, well. I'm going to show you some other stuff that I developed while in my previous company. And he showed me one thing, which was this paint program. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Uh, painting, color? Painting on, on the computer, right? Okay. You know? And I go, I wasn't aware of all this this painting and photo manipulation stuff. And he yeah. was like, you know, it's starting to get big. And so I said, well, I think that's interesting. I'd like to do something like that for this new thing that's coming out, Microsoft Windows. Got it. So right? we're, so, we're talking late 80s, early 90s? What yeah, is so we're talking about, so Windows 3.0 has just <laughs> launched, right? Now, if you know the history of computing, there really was no Windows ah. before 3.0. There was one, was a complete terrible thing that didn't go anywhere. Two did go absolutely nowhere. And three was the one that, that was started to look like Windows, okay? And people are starting to, were starting to like get interested in this thing there were starting to be books on Windows and stuff. So I was like, wow, we could get a, a paint program on Windows. That would be cool, you know? Yeah. And so. But this uh, is still pre-internet. Pre-internet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's desktop shrink Windows. Wrap soft, shrink wrap software. Okay. You know, you'd buy the software in Egghead and so on. So we sat and in 1992, from 1992 to 1993, we were just two of us in a room. We coded this thing up. And uh, I I remember, and we came up with some really innovative things in this software uh, that that today, even today, are, are so. If you ever use Adobe Photoshop, of course. Okay, I mean, so you know the concept of layers in Adobe yeah, Photoshop. Of course, yeah. I invented that. Holy right. crap, Fred! Drop yeah. the mic. We're done. <laughs> no, so that that was our invention, right? So that was our so, invention. We invented layers, and we had this product, and it was called Fauve Matisse, and we. Showed it That's in incredible. 1993 and or 94, and we had layers in Matisse, right? And everybody was like, "What are these things? These are incredible!" Yeah. And uh, you know, we showed it at SIGGRAPH uh, here <laughs> in Anaheim, next to Disneyland, and uh, we had this little 10 by 10 booth that we shared with another company. And the first person stopping right. by my booth was Nathan Mirvold, the CTO of Microsoft, <laughs> okay. and his first comment was, "How much?" And I said, $99. And he goes, not the software, the company. <laughs> and that's where it starts. True fact. Okay. True fact. And then, uh, oh my God. And then the second guy coming off my booth was Alvy Ray Smith, who is the founder of Pixar. Okay. And that's... he had co-invented layers with me the exact same day. And he's like, you came up with this idea too. And I'm like, yep. So and he separately. Separately came up with the same idea and released it at the same trade show. Yeah. So we both came. We both had these things. We called them objects. I think I don't can't remember what they call them. Uh, some something like objects or smart things. Yeah. Anyway, so we both were were very hot for for a little bit. Uh, Microsoft ended up buying uh, Alvy Race company. Not yours. 
Uh, I sold mine to Macromedia. Okay. Uh, so, you know, which was at that point, you know, the king of, of, of this kind of stuff with Adobe, right? And how much longer was it from that trade show to, to the acquisition? The I think the acquisition was about a year and a half later. Okay. So, so we actually went through a whole nother product called X-Res. Okay. Uh, we, we, we moved to San Francisco. Uh, we started signing some deals and everything. And then finally, and we, we sold the company, uh, to Macromedia and it was a, it was a great exit and we had no venture capital. Okay. Incredible. So, it so was, you didn't have to split it a bunch of ways with my brother. <laughs> so know. did your brother have a software, you said software company, but you guys yes. were coding. So what, so we were coding. I mean, we started, we literally bought a book, how to code. Okay, for I was going to say, how did you learn to code? You were at Stanford, you're a yeah, math well, PhD, but that's not coding. Right. So was there even coding? No, no. I went, I went to borders bookstore. I remember it. And uh, <laughs> I bought a book called How to Write C++ for Microsoft Windows. Oh, my God. And there was five of them. I just picked one. I said, like, okay, well, this will work. And then I said, let's get, let's get, let's buy all five. Okay. And then we just bought a bunch so of books. And we said, okay, let's, this Windows thing's coming out. Here's some books on how to code it. Let's, let's write some software. Oh, my God. And we did. And we wrote this best selling piece of software. That's incredible. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of like there's a lot of people who, who say they can do this, but a lot of, not a lot of people who actually do. Yeah. There's a lot of people who talk, not yeah. a lot of people who do. Who actually do. You know, so literally it was like we just sat in a room and did it for a year and we came out with a product that, and people loved the product, you know. So, what an incredible experience with yeah. your brother, no less. To yeah, both with my go brother. So, you know, it was a great product. People still to this day remember that product. Okay. And it's, that was what, almost 30 years ago, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it was that good of a product. Um, Amazing. Well, so, and then you know, and that was sort of the beginning. That was of, the first company. Yeah, that was the beginning of company. You do a company, and then you know, you sell the company, and it's always a little. It's always a. It's 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 a little uh, bittersweet when you sell it because it, number one, you get a bunch of money. Yeah. Uh, How long does it take from? Here's the acquisition. It's papered up. Yeah. And now I'm wiring money. I don't know if it was wiring money yet. Yeah, it was wire money. It, uh, how long is it before, boom, the money hits your account? Is it immediate? Uh, well, in, for get, that transaction or in general, right? Let's so, say, let's go with that transaction. and then That transaction just, was probably about standard, I would say, about a three-month close. Yeah. You know? So three months not, later. Not too dissimilar to a real estate transaction. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know? So three months later, chunk of money. Two months later, chunk of money, and then you have a bunch of guys from Morgan Stanley call you. Got it. And then what? You're out, or then, do you stay yeah, on? Then I stayed on for a bit. You know, not that long. Um, I didn't. I didn't end up working well for somebody else. Mm -hmm. uh, my brother stayed longer. Uh, I immediately got in a fight with my supervisor. That didn't go over well. The guys at Morgan Stanley and uh, who knows what. Yeah, no, it was just some some random people at Macromedia. There was a woman who. Who basically, I guess her previous job was ordering the coffee machine or something, yeah. you know, and now she was put in charge of the whole project. And so uh, it didn't work very well. The hustle there is just unbelievable that you guys did that. But I got to think going back to that time period, the fact that you guys just figured out how to code, that couldn't have been a common situation. Not too many guys had or gals. could have Everybody been just, can do it. It's, really? It's, it's, it's a question. I can't. You, <laughs> probably, can. you probably could. If your life depended on it, <laughs> uh, probably it, not. It, I'd be dead. No, man. I think 
I think I think the I think the thing where most people don't I think it's a question of attrition, right? So everybody starts things, but they also stop things, right? So you'll find that there's people who work on something really hard for three week three weeks, yeah, or they're done. Burn. They're done. They burn out, and so you know one of the things I think you know people ask me why I've been successful. I I stick with things longer than most stick people, much longer, this. and uh, and I think. You know, that ends up being probably the key determinant in these software companies in particular is yeah, you got you got to have a stick to it kind of attitude. And a very common thread for a lot of the guests that have had massive success in different industries. It's the stick to it. You got to stick to it. You know, kind of our mutual, uh, you know. Evan, your brother in law, a, a close friend of who mine. Has who has a very strong opinion on going from two children to three children and how much that changes your life. Right. But he's a very, he's a very tenacious guy. For sure. You know what I mean? Very tenacious. You know what I mean? Like, and I think, you know, uh, I think that's, that's kind of what you got to be. You kind of got to, you got to be very tenacious. If you, if you see that you're getting some success, you have to double down on that. You have to triple down on that. Go hard. You have to be like a dog with a bone. Just don't let go. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's just, especially nowadays, there's so many distractions. There's so many so opportunities. Much noise, yeah. You're, you know, so much stuff you can be, you know, there's always some guy coming to you with some some new thing you should do with your life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think I've been more kind of got the blinders on. And, and so that that's kind of been my story. Yeah. So now knowing you yeah. in this part of your life, you've evolved and have sold many companies. And the ones that yep. I know are very different than this layering photograph company. They're uh, all different. All very different. So all you different. have not specialized in one vertical. You've taken on different. How have you done that? It, it, was it very deliberate or you just went with what you really believe well, in look, and I mean, the, different things? Okay. So when I started in tech, there were very few startups. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't like a we, trendy situation back then. Well, the, it just was, it was new. Like when I started in, in like, if you go back to 1993, 94, yeah. you go to Comdex and everybody would know each other. Yeah. You know, it was a there'd small be like, community. there'd be like, there's be like the guys doing the 3D software, yeah. the, the guy with the calendar software, <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, there would, there wouldn't be five guys doing the 3D, there'd yeah, be yeah. two guys doing 3D yeah, yeah, software, yeah. you know, Very there'd be Fred community. with the art stuff and yeah. there would be, you know. You know, and so we all knew each other. It was a very, very small world. Yeah. I mean, there's probably, I mean, I don't want to, I don't know if these numbers are accurate, but I would say a thousand startups. Yeah. You know, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Now there's a thousand startups in like Santa Monica. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm talking worldwide. Like yeah, there yeah, was yeah. a thousand startups. Yeah, 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 yeah. So nobody was doing this stuff. And so, so it's changed a lot, but the world changed a lot. The opportunities changed a lot. Um, when I started, it was the game was software. So you had to strip, shrink, shrink wrap software. You had to make the software. You had to get in distribution and CompUSA, Egghead. And, get into the Yeah, get into the stores, physical yeah, stores. You retail. Know? Retail stores, yeah. uh, end caps and all this stuff, right? Yeah. Then the internet changed that yeah. completely, right? And software sort of died. You couldn't charge for software. Software was free. So then the internet came and, uh, you know, the game changed a little bit. And so... And I would sort of sold my first company right at the be- internet started, right? So mm-hmm. we sold it to Macromedia in 95. The internet hit in 95. Yeah. Okay. AOL and, and Netscape. Netscape yeah. was Netscape. the big thing. That yeah. was the big thing that kind of got everybody's attention was 1995 Netscape browser came out. 
and everybody was like, I can surf the web. Wow. This is awesome. this is amazing. This is you know. Yeah, I was in college. I remember seeing it. And, and so everything you know, we away. we were sort of like, okay, now we've got these. You know, we being Macromedia at the time, we were like, we have these graphic tools and stuff. But well, the, the everything anybody's talking about is now the yeah. internet. So yeah. how do we repurpose our company for, for this the, new thing, right? This internet thing. Yeah. So and Macromedia ended up building this thing called Shockwave. Um, yeah. You might remember yep, the name. Yeah, I remember it. And then they bought Flash. Yeah. And so then there was that all was these everything. Flash, Flash games, graphics, right? games, yeah. And then there was another technology around then that everybody was talking about, which was Java. So JavaScript. Yeah. Java. Before oh. JavaScript, there was Java. Just was, Java. Just Java. That was a, <laughs> a, a Sun microsystem programming language that uh -huh. was designed to make web pages more animated and more, more like Flash, right? Yeah. So more entertaining, uh, more, more yeah, more dynamic. Exactly. Okay. okay. So, well, basically, I got involved in Java, built one of the first Java companies, uh, sold that company to another company. So it's very, I, I'd say it's very opportunistic. You know, mm -hmm. I kind of, I have a good nose for where things are going. I can yep. see them maybe. I can't say I see them five years in advance, but I can see them a couple years in advance. You know that there's something there. Um, yeah. Well, that brings us to crypto, crypto yeah. and uh, Linux, EOS Linux, which I know was links, links, yeah, excuse yeah, me, yeah, sorry. not Linux, links, <laughs> but that was an offshoot of a, you started another company a couple of years ago. So you yeah. got into this space opportunistically. So right? you got into so, this space opportunistically. Why don't, before we get into yeah. what your company specifically sure. is doing, let's, let's break down, distill it down for uh, us dummies, blockchain, okay. crypto, what is it? And why is it so important and relevant now? You know, so, so let's just a little bit of basics. history. Okay, yeah. so a little bit of history is uh, people have been working on these sort of internet money, magic internet money ideas for mm -hmm. quite a while, right? And back in the '90s, there was a tech, mm -hmm. there was a currency called beans that Whoopi Goldberg was behind. Wow, and there was a bunch of other Whoopi? things. Yeah, there's a bunch of these kind of pre-cryptocurrencies. Trying to figure out how Sort to. of like, I, I have this these beans, I'm gonna give you some beans, Danny, and you know, I'm gonna tip so you some beans. And, you know, some digital people were currency. trying to create digital currencies yeah. for quite a while, right? And, okay. and a lot of them, and they all failed, right? For one reason or another, like they were hacked or something, right? Yeah. And so I think, and, and everybody basically had sort of given up on digital currencies. And then what happened is, in 2009, somebody who's unknown named Satoshi Nakamoto came yes. up with a new new way, new approach to digital <laughs> currency, right? And all the previous approaches have sort of been sort of said, well, I'm, I'm going to create a digital currency called Bank of Fred, and I'm going to issue these Fred notes, Fred yes. bucks. And here, you want a Fred buck? Here's your Fred buck. And you can send it to Evan. And now Evan has your Fred buck, and but you I'm sort of keeping track of the Fred bucks, right? Uh -huh. That was the previous iteration of yeah. these things, right? And the problem is, if the central database get hacked, well then all goes to hell. Everybody, it goes to hell. So, how do you do this in a really autonomous, decentralized way? And Satoshi came up with this ingenious way of doing that, which is that basically there's these cryptographic codes, and there's this sort of giant world ledger of every single transaction. Yeah. And the transactions are entered into the ledger by solving these cryptographic puzzles. 
called mining, right? And people compete for the mine and then they win a little bit of a bonus if they solve the problem. It's called proof of work and it's quite complex, but it works. It works. And it's, and basically the, 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 the gist of it is if I have a Bitcoin or a fraction of a Bitcoin Uh and I give it to somebody else, okay, there's no way for me to ever get that Bitcoin back. And there's no way for the government to grab that Bitcoin. There's no way for anybody to get that Bitcoin. Whoever has the keys to the Bitcoin has the Bitcoin. That's it. That's it. That's the key thing. So it's censorship resistant. It is, it's basically money that you cannot be, nobody can grab that money. And that's a a fundamental new thing, right? Because like if you have a bank account. Sitting in a bank. And you have your money at Bank of America. Well, Guess what? If something, it turns out you're a bad guy, the government can freeze your account. Freeze your assets. Okay. Uh, If you're in a place like Nigeria, the government can just come steal your assets, right? Right. I mean, yeah, not uncommon, right? Right. Steal your assets or we don't like your politics and we're just going to shut you down and take your assets. Right. (laughs) So the idea that really you can control your assets in a really secure way is a new idea. Yeah. So that idea came out in 2009 and, People sort of were like, well, is this any, is this even real money? Maybe it's not. I, I don't know. what. So it, it didn't get big until really 2013. And then 2013, it sort of hit the mainstream, you know, zeitgeist. Yes. And so people were like, well, there's this new crazy thing called Bitcoin. Bitcoin, yes. And this crazy thing. You know, you can, you know, people are saying it might be worth something. Yeah. And it was, and it was worth about two hundred dollars, okay, in two thousand thirteen. One one coin? One coin. One yeah. Bitcoin was worth uh sorry, two hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. And I bought some at, at around two hundred? Yeah, about two hundred. Yeah. Oh, I mean I'm, this is not like retirement money. This is like you know, <laughs> play fun money. fun play money, but you know, I'm like, now what what am I gonna lose? You know, a couple thousand bucks. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not I, I You didn't I, go crazy. Didn't go crazy, right? Yeah. I didn't totally believe in it, but I didn't. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, right? so you had to try it. I had to try it. And then what happened is in 2000, I think it was 2014, uh, basically the place where you bought your Bitcoin, which was called Mount Gox, um, was hacked and huh. it was shut down. And right. so um, basically everybody who had money at Mount Gox lost all their money. Crashed. So everybody's like, oh, that that's terrible. It's like this Bitcoin thing was just a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. Let's let's write that one off as one of these bad ideas. Yeah. Let's but then Bitcoin kind of kept on coming back, right? It, it even independent of Mount Gox, it came back. And then uh and it, but so the peak was a thousand and then it went crashed all I think I think back down to a hundred, if yeah. I if I remember correctly. Maybe even lower. Yeah. Uh so then it sort of started crash coming back. And it again kind of hit a thousand and then it crashed again. So that, that was sort of the thing. And then in 2017, January 2017, it made its third attempt to cross a thousand. Okay. It was, yeah. if you go back and look at the charts, it was a thousand in January of 2017. Okay. Now, at this point, there's another cryptocurrency that has started to come in, which people are talking about called Ethereum. Yes. Okay. Ethereum is just another another one of these cryptocurrencies, but added a new innovation. The innovation of Ethereum is that it was programmable. So you could have, 
Ethereum, you could have Ethereum apps, if you will, right? That could run on Ethereum. You could have smart contracts that could be programmed into Ethereum. Hmm. Big, big, big advantage, right? So Ethereum took out took off like a bat out of hell. Yeah. And so in 2017, you had the sort of two nit the nitroglycerin of Ethereum, and now and people Bitcoin. are rediscovering Bitcoin. And it went from 1,000 to 20,000 yeah. at the end of 2017. And everybody got in for the, all the wrong reasons. Right, of course. Okay. That's when everyone jumps in. Everybody jumps in. <laughs> Lee got jumped in. All the, Sarah jumped all in. All the scammers all came in. All the dads in. at school jumped in. Yeah, so everybody came in. Um, and it really actually, if you really look at the numbers, it was really only above 10,000 for about two months. Okay. Yeah, so Two everybody th keeps on thinking 20,000, but it, it really was, it wasn't long. It, it really was October of 2017. It was 10,000. Then it went to 20,000, like for about a nanosecond. And then in f January, February, it was back down to 10,000. So the reality is it it actually has never really been that much higher than where it is right now yeah. in terms of months, maybe five months of the year. It's yeah. ever been much higher than 10,000 yeah. you know, ever. Is that where it is now? Is it's 7,000 right now, right? Yeah. So ballpark. And it's worked its way up. Well, I'll tell you what. So, so anyway, so that's that's the story of Bitcoin, right? Now, I got involved. I started getting very interested when I heard about Ethereum. Ethereum really interested me it's because more practical and usable. Because I'm sort of thinking, okay, this sounds like something that we could potentially build things on. Yeah, you commerce. Know? Commerce. Uh, commerce is pretty good. Or selling goods or services or maybe apps that use Ethereum in a smart way, even just machine to machine. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, I need to pay my gas bill and maybe I have some account which just debits some other account mm -hmm. every, you know, and it's just paying them a little Ethereum or my smart electric car is going to the smart charger and is paying the smart smart yeah. charger some Ethereum. Rather so, than your banking. Yeah, so bill, basically I, I sort of saw this thing as like, this crypto thing could be amazing. Now, Ethereum, while the vision was amazing, the actual implementation was far from amazing. Meaning the tech behind it? The, what do you mean the implementation? The, yeah, so the way it was built is uh, it's not, it was not scalable. It, it was very it. slow. It got bloated, it became got it. expensive, slow. It just didn't work, got right? It. Um, it still doesn't work, right? So, so basically, as it scales, it implodes, so to speak. It can't. Well, it never it even slows down. It's it, it's it. It never. Basically, it was slow always, but everybody was like, "Well, we're going to fix it." And then it was it like, uh, "No, it's not, you're not going to." In fact, you're, it's getting worse. Got it. So fatal flaw. So fatal flaw in the design of Ethereum. Yeah. Fatal. Yeah. And to the point right now where they're like, okay, we've got this new Ethereum. Uh, you know, trust us. Yeah. You know, five years later, we got this new, new solution. New thing. But you know. It's at this point, everybody in the crypto world, other than the Ethereum diehards, yeah. are sort of, well, skeptical about it. Very skeptical yeah. as to, you know, you have no credibility of del delivering software that actually works. So. But they've proved that you could tie it to apps and that there's well, good they, applications. They didn't prove any. They proved, they proved that, yes, you could sort of do it uh, and that there was, a, there was a hope there, right? Now, mm -hmm. this next iteration, yeah. I call it the third generation was done about a year and a half ago, came out about a year and a half ago, and it's called EOS, right? EOS, so EOS okay. basically cut some corners, and they sort of said, you know what, we're not gonna make this thing as completely decentralized as Ethereum or Bitcoin, um, but we're gonna make it super fast, right? So it's gonna be very fast and very, very cheap, right? 
So I want to send, you know, ten dollars worth of crypto from A to B. Two seconds later, you have it. Got it. You know what I mean? And it, what and what percentage? What would be the fee? So so we have some cost. Zero. How could that be? How could there be no cost? What's yeah. Well, the money? so you know, so it, does it cost anything to send a little bit of information over the internet? No, nothing. You know what I mean? So it basically, it, it's I'd say essentially zero because the the way that EOS works is you actually have to stake some EOS in order to get this zero fee. Yeah. Which is yet another problem. But yeah. but basically it's let's just call it de minimis, right? There's very, very minimal. low yeah. minimal minimal cost, right? Wow. Um so that seemed very, very promising yeah. for us, right? So when EOS came, we were like, okay, we are gonna be now let's start developing. We have this sort of freelancing type app that we had built. And we, we were like, let's get this app working on EOS. And uh, then we, EOS came out and we realized, wait a second, even though, even though it's faster, okay, really fast, okay, and scalable and cheap, uh, there's all these other issues with okay. EOS in terms of it doesn't even have a user interface. Like, Got so it. what are we gonna do, you know? So, uh, we were like, okay, I guess we should make a wallet for EOS because. Uh, so that's the opportunity. That, you that was sort of, a, it just sort of came randomly. <laughs> it was almost like more terrifying because we didn't know anything about wallets. So we were like, do we really want to build a wallet? Uh, you know, how, how that's a lot of responsibility. Do we want to do it? And, and it was sort of like, okay, if we don't do it, we're kind of out of business because we, we need this programmable wallet in order to get apps and the wallets. Need, so anyways, we built this wallet. The wallet was very successful, is very successful. And just rewind yeah. the basic terms. What is the wallet? A wallet is, is where you actually hold your cryptocurrency, right? So you have to have a wallet. You need a wallet, it. I mean, to, to interact with the blockchain, right? So if I'm going to send you some crypto, I have to have the crypto in my wallet, and, and I'm sending it to your wallet, okay. right? Got it. That's basically it. Um, and there was no wallets for nothing for EOS, EOS. really, uh, okay. and, and in, in really that we that would work for us, right, for an app. And so, well, we started working on that, and we built this very successful wallet, and a su successful in crypto terms, right, mm -hmm. not in like relative to like Instagram yeah, or yeah. you know, you know. Yeah. Uh, so the crypto community adopted this wallet, and uh, but then we were like, okay, how can we get how can we actually get some get this thing to where we want it to be more mainstream adoption? Yeah, and yeah, uh, sure. you know because my typical audience is you know people in crypto they all know me in crypto but outside of crypto nobody knows anything and most people don't have crypto. I mean yeah. that's I think it's about five percent of Americans at this 5%, point five percent yeah. who own crypto. Period. Yeah, and of those five percent, four point nine percent own some crypto in Coinbase and. They just basically bought a three-letter ticker and sent some money and just, just to try it. They're yeah. not using crypto, correct? Right. So it's uh, you, you're looking at a tenth of our, maybe even a hundredth of a percent of the Americas using crypto. So yeah. it's very low. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't be in this business if I didn't think that it's ten years from now that, that number is going to be fifty percent yeah. of Americans. Like that, I really, honestly wow. believe 
that it's going to be that ubiquitous of yeah. a technology. It's the, it's the internet, so to speak. It's like the internet. In it's terms sort of, of like, one day, no I one mean, had it, and look, back when I did the 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 Fauve Matisse, the you know the the graphic stuff. Yeah. I remember seeing the first digital camera and, you know, I was talking with a lot of smart people and they were like, yeah, people aren't going to have these digital cameras. Right. I mean, like <laughs> every single American has a digital camera now. Yeah. Right. In yeah. their phone. Yeah. You know, it's just it's like, like it's, part it, of it. it's 100 percent penetration. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it was like the first one was Nikon Coolpix. It cost a thousand dollars. It was terrible. Yeah. And, you know, there was probably a hundred people who had them. You know, yeah. it was like so. It, you can go from tiny to complete penetration, and it sounds crazy, but it's just but like it's you happened. watch yeah. you watch algae grow, and yeah. you know it's, it, it grows pretty quickly. Once it yeah. starts taking off, it takes off. Yeah. So, you know, I think we realized that this blockchain itself, EOS, has some problems. So, what we've been working on over the last year is to really build a complete soup to nuts solution. That actually doesn't involve the EOS, but we built our own blockchain. Okay. So now we have a complete solution, which has our own blockchain, our own wallet, everything, soup to nuts. God, it's all and self-contained it, within it's, one. It's, it's self-contained. So if you think about it like Apple, an Apple product, it's like, you know, it, it contains a lot of things, yes, right? But an it's an ecosystem of elements. Yes. But it's all designed to be super easy to use for the consumer, yes. right? Yes. So basically. Which is the key, right? Right. So to go mass scale. We can't get to mass market scale if we if things are complicated. Too complicated. Right. You know, people have short attention spans. Right. Uh, they, they need everything to work really well together. You can't say download three pieces of Correct. software, do this, do that. and It's not going to work. Um, it's got to be one place, easy to do, easy to understand. It's got to be as easy as Twitter or Instagram. Yeah. I mean, literally. Right. right. So, you know, that's kind of that's kind of what we are. We've now Working developed on. and we're, we're building that. And, and, and it's launching in January, which is wow. It's, it's our wallet, but using our blockchain. Right. And, uh, and basically the premise is you come in, you know, within 30 to 60 seconds, you come in, you have an account for free. It's no more difficult than signing up for Twitter. Okay. And you have a little bit of crypto, okay, in your account. And uh, you can earn more crypto by playing games. And the more games you play, the more crypto you get. So there's a gaming element. Yeah, it's free games. Um, but how do you have a business giving away money? Well, I'm giving away crypto. Okay. And... Uh, you know, as it's become, since the crypto is created from de novo, right? Yeah. Uh, it's basically, I'm giving, imagine if, uh, well, that's how Bitcoin grew, by the way. Initially, Bitcoin grew because uh, you could come and you could just get some Bitcoin. Earn some Bitcoin. Yeah, and then just, just give get. it away. You could just get it. There was these Bitcoin faucets and you could just, you know, and, and nobody Absolutely. wanted it. So it was worthless at the time. Or? Almost. It was worth pennies. More than worthless. It like wasn't if you traded. said go here and you can get it wasn't traded. It wasn't traded until much later. Until a couple years out, right? Yeah. So it was just like there's these bitcoins. How much is a bitcoin worth? Well, I don't know. And there was this famous moment in 2010 where somebody actually ordered a pizza with bitcoin. Yeah. You know, and that was the first thing that was ever ever bought with a bitcoin. <laughs> but uh, you know, the the reality is these these coins. Um, can have value, do have value now. And, uh, you know, a lot of them have zero value. 
But if a coin is used and has a lot of use in an ecosystem, it has a lot of value. Yeah, and so, so that's that's the thing is like, can we get, can we take our uh, our user base now from this wallet? Okay, can we take that which we have a pretty loyal and and, and strong user base from the wallet and introduce now to these people our own cryptocurrency? So you got to migrate lot, them into migrate them into ours, right? And then uh, and then have them basically be paid to invite all their friends in cryptocurrency, right? Got it. So the, yes. the great thing about this is there's, like Bitcoin, there's 21 million of these Lynx coins, okay? 21 million in value or 21 million individual coins? There's How? 21 million total supply of Lynx okay. coins, ever. Okay. There cannot ever. be ever more, right? That's it. Same as Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. Now, where did that come from? 21 million. Is there it was any- it was decided by this guy, Satoshi Nakamoto. That's right? it. He's- yeah, yeah. So it has- <laughs> who no one knows. But there was uh, there was some just he wrote some discussion about how he came up with 21 million. So but probably way too complicated for me. It's, to get it's just sort of like he had to pick some number, you know, that that ended up being the number. Um, so but, those 21 million coins could be worth pennies and they could be worth billions. It's just well, supply yeah. demand. So right, so right now a Bitcoin's worth $7,000 and the right. Bitcoin started out as being worth a penny. penny okay. Yeah. Um, now I'm not, I'm not saying these links coins are going to be worth $7,000, no, but, but just like you don't who know. Knows, right. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. um, so now with these links coins, uh, every, if you, if you invite one person to join links, you're going to get a links coin. Mm-hmm. You get one. So you invite 10 people, you get you 10, 10 links coins. Okay. So, so you can there's... earn these links coins just by inviting people. Yeah. Uh, you play alien invasion. It's a game. <laughs> okay. And get, get you coins for that. blow up a few cities. You get some links coins. Yeah. Okay. Or fractions of links coins. It depends. Right. So, um, so basically, so that, basically it encourages people to come back to our, to our use them, spread use them, um, spread the word, blah, blah, blah. So where so, do they start gaining value? So, so the beginning stages, you're spreading yeah. people with the coins. When do these coins and how would they, well, they gave, start they, gaining they're, they're immediately va- tradable, right? So even they're even tradable today, even though we haven't launched our, um, and what would the value be based on? So just supply and demand, like anything right. else, like a house, what's the value of a house? It's whatever somebody will pay for but it. There's and what some comps. Will. There's some history. There's some. Right. So with bit, with currency, with cryptocurrencies, there's also comps. Okay. And there's, you compare it to other cur- cryptocurrencies. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I'll give you some stats. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, is, uh, so Bitcoin is worth a uh, hundred and hundred billion dollars right now. Okay. Right. If you look at the total amount, total amount, value, which is twenty one million times, times seven thousand, yeah. right? It's like one hundred and forty billion dollars, right? Roughly, yeah. right? So that's the market cap of Bitcoins, 140 billion. Yeah. Market cap of Ethereum is 16 billion. Okay. The market cap of EOS is 3 billion right now. Okay. And those are the big three? Those are th- there's three. a few other ones. There's one called uh, Ripple, which you may have heard of. Yeah. Uh, it is worth about 10 billion. Um, wow. And um, then we start getting into Bitcoin Cash and a bunch of other ones. But yeah, those are those are the big ones, right? Um, you know, there's, there's 20 of them that are worth more than a billion dollars, um, cryptocurrencies. And there's 
over a hundred of them that are worth more than two hundred million dollars, a hundred million dollars. And do they all go with this twenty-one million nope. coin structure? Some they of them have their a billion market. Like EOS has a billion coins. Some Got of them it. have unlimited, but so they're just, sort of hard to hard to grow the number. So everybody has something different. And the supply and demand. How many people are starting to use it, and how they're using so it? So that's creates. the interesting thing, right? If you look at supply, okay. So I'm sorry. You look at usage, which I think is the main thing, right? Is if I'm investing in cryptocurrency, I want to go where people are using the cryptocurrency, right? So if you look at apps, uh, EOS has now the most usage, but even that is very low. And, you know, at its peak, it was about 50,000 daily users, Okay, which is tiny, right? Think about it. 50,000 people, yeah, 50,000 people go to the Staples Center. Are, you know, on these you know. big apps. Yeah, compared to like something like Instagram, it's ridiculously yeah. small, right? So, uh, you know, Ether had maybe 10,000 daily actives. Okay. These are not hugely active uh, in terms of activity. Yeah. In terms of dollars moved, they're much bigger. Um, so a billion dollars a day plus goes through hmm. Bitcoin so every day. A big amount being traded yeah. or moved yeah, around. Yeah, moved. So the average Bitcoin transaction is $10,000. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so the average person when they're sending Bitcoin, they're sending a lot of Bitcoin. Yeah, it's not they're not sending they're not they're buying not cups of coffee with Bitcoin. Here, yeah, you know? ten bucks here. But yeah. it's 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 a great way to you know to send, especially overseas, enough. right? If you want to send money to China, how are you going to do it? Yeah, or send money from China? Yeah, you can't get it out right now. I know that's a big challenge yeah. for a lot of the high end real estate. The Chinese right. well, buyers can't that's, get it out, but they can get out Bitcoin or some other currency. Right. So. And and even when there's not necessarily, you can't get it out, but just the, I mean, try sending some money to Taxes. India. India. I mean, just the, the paperwork you're going to go through, you know, to try to send some money to an Indian bank. Yeah. You know, let's say you have a buyer in Hyderabad, India. Yeah. How's he going to get money to pay for a condo yeah. on Wilshire? Yeah. It's going to be very difficult, right? So he's. Doing crypto, boom, boom, right? You can open say, escrow. I can wire. I can wire the crypto. Like, how is that working? And like, let's go do the real estate yeah. application because I've heard a few. Yeah. Excuse us, the police are coming after us. There, I, I've heard a few homes, big home sales yeah. that have done it. Yep. So, let's walk through an example. There's an in, there's a wealthy Indian buyer. Yeah. He's buying the house in the hills for ten million. Yeah. And he'll put he'll put some Bitcoin into a Bitcoin escrow account. Okay. So it's specifically Bitcoin escrow account. It doesn't have to be Bitcoin, but let's just say it could be Bitcoin, yeah. right? Most likely. Right? Yeah. Uh, he'll put some Bitcoin into a Bitcoin escrow account. Just like a regular escrow would put dollars into an account. Sure, right? So and it, it, the first thing is, is the house going to be sold for Bitcoin at a Bitcoin price or is it going to be sold at a dollar price, right? That's The two are different, right? Because Bitcoin moves every day. Yes, so oh, let's say let's say it's a seven million dollar house, yeah. right? So that would be a thousand Bitcoin. Okay. Okay. So you could say it's cost seven million for the house, or it costs a thousand Bitcoin. If you say I'm selling the house for a thousand Bitcoin, then it right, then need the to guy, be as long as the guy puts the thousand Bitcoin into the account, right, um, and then you have all the paperwork, the normal paperwork, normal paperwork, right? Then the minute that all the closing conditions are met, the escrow agent moves the seven the 
the one thousand Bitcoin. Bitcoin into the, uh, the wallet, the into of the, the, the wallet seller. of the seller. Yeah, that's it. Done. Okay, so let's. That's incredible. But now let's go the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, the seller says, "I want, I want it in dollars." Mm-hmm. The Indian buyer, international buyer, can only send it in Bitcoin. Yeah. So how does it transfer? The Is Indian this a transfer the, currency company. Or? Nah, no, it's very easy. <laughs> okay, so, so basically. Yeah, the buyer and the seller will agree on a oracle of truth for the final day of the close. Yeah. Right. So they'll say, I'm going to use the coin market cap price of Bitcoin on the close. Okay. So December so, 1st, whatever the Bitcoin whatever it is. is. Right? Yeah. And then the guy will have to have sufficient amount of Bitcoin in the escrow account to close on that date. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, I'm going to send you a thousand, I'm going to say, I'm going to send you $7 million worth of Bitcoin on that day. Mm-hmm. So on that exact day, whatever the amount is, he might have to spend 1,151 uh, Bitcoins. Right. Right. Because the price of Bitcoin is going down. Or 900 if or it 900 went up. Or 900 if it went yeah, up. Whatever right? happened. Yeah. Which is, again, trivial to do yeah. from an escrow point of view. Yeah. And the paperwork's simple. Everything's simple. It's simple. It's very simple. Like, so, you know, are things more likely to be done this way? I. A hundred percent think so. That's why I tell everybody in real estate, you know, you probably don't need to worry about this tomorrow, but it's coming your way. You know what I mean? It is definitely coming your way as crypto adoption gets bigger and bigger and bigger as people, foreign buyers come in. um, It's, it's a, it's got it eliminates so much red tape and administration for people trying to move money overseas or here, get it in and out. I mean, it's just, so, so, so and that's, that's one just one industry and one and specific niche. And that's part niche. of the. That's not even the whole thing with industry. Yeah. So with uh, with real estate, because there's all these other costs that have to be paid, everything from title insurance to all this other yeah. stuff, and all that stuff eventually is going to be paid in crypto too. All right. So so basically, you can have if this closes, then pay the title insurance, then pay this person, then pay this you know inspector, then pay, and you can have all that stuff be cascaded and be completely automa- auto- automated um, quickly. automated and and that's really probably where this stuff's going to be going let's say 10 to 20 years from now yeah so you know once you get uh sort of the you know the automation side of the real estate thing really because i mean this stuff's very antiquated you know yeah. i bought a house six, five years yeah, ago it's and terrible it's just you know Sign this thing, or DocuSign. Thank God we have DocuSign. You have DocuSign, but I mean, it's you're still antiquated. Yeah, you know, it's still you got you know you got these random people who are part of the process who have to get paid and then this and that, and so you know, I think I think all all that's going to be a lot more. um, A lot, all this stuff's going to be a lot more uh, automated, and so it's going to be. You do this, you do that. This person get paid. That person get paid. This thing happens. Yeah, and so that's that's the the power of sort of electronic money, really. You know, right. So as it becomes or evolves uh, yeah. to mass scale, yeah. How does government regulation, taxation, all the typical things we know on our on our current monetary system, right. How do those apply? And uh, obviously, a big part of crypto, from what I've heard, is all a lot of black market moving stuff around. It can't yeah, be I mean, tracked. But how does it, as it goes mass scale, how do governments okay, so, well, for, regulate or tax? Or yeah, so the good thing is, is, I mean, the good thing from the government perspective is when you're dealing with something like the blockchain, right, it's in theory, 
you have access to every single transaction. The whole ledger is the ledger is out there, right? It's transparent, transparent, right? So it all it should be much better for taxation, right? You, you, like imagine that, but it's uh, not anonymous, so it's like the ledger doesn't have. Well, this person is anonymous. You can track, or at so some point it will evolve it's, into it's, that. So it's. It's anonymous in the sense that there's nothing on the Bitcoin ledger that says Danny Brown. Yeah. Okay. Nothing. Right. However, if somebody knows that you are control this hash key, they can see all the transactions that's ever happened from like, where did you get that Bitcoin? Who gave it to you? Who mm-hmm. gave it to that person? Where did that come from? So they'll right? be able to get into someone's key. Well, you have to tie the person to the key. Yeah. Right. Which is not that difficult, really, because. If you think about it, unless somebody just gives you Bitcoin, if you buy it on an exchange, okay, at some point there's going to be an originator of that Bitcoin. So, you know, if you own crypto, some where do you get that crypto? Yeah. Okay. So somebody gave it to you. So there's there's you know you you've got a trail, um, and it ends and starts starts and ends at these exchanges, which are now being pretty heavily regulated. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think we're in the early phases of this. I think, you know, it's sort of like the internet itself. Like yeah. when the internet itself came out, people were, were very worried about, wait a second, we're going to be giving these chat rooms that, yeah. you know, these terrorists Kids. are going to be yeah, plotting, you know, and these illegal and all and the negatives. They did. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, yeah, absolutely. you know, they absolutely use those chat rooms to yeah. plot the world trade center and everything yeah. else. Right. Yeah. However, we also got Amazon.com. We got, right. you know, we got like we got everything you know, else. Expedia. We got, you yeah. know, we've Online got banking, Google. Yeah, and, we got everything, right? Yeah. So it's sort of like when you, technology can be used for bad things. Of course, like yeah. everything in life. All technology <laughs> falls falls through this pattern, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, I think when they first came up with like. Because it's human beings, right? I mean, they first came up with the Industrial Revolution. They were like, this, this stuff's going to put out, you know, put out the tailors out of business. Yeah. You know, like, okay, well. Right. Yeah, it, and yes, it did, you know, mm-hmm. but like it didn't mean that that society failed for that. You know, we're much better of off now yeah, with so technology. So the big argument or I don't even know if it's an argument, the debate of, OK, what banking as we know it, mm-hmm. is it as it migrates more and more to blockchain? Does that mean Bank of America is going to have their blockchain and Wells Fargo and, and yeah, banking so- is just going to be merged with blockchain? Sort of. Right. So I think if you look at what is the what is the number one thing that blockchain threatens? What's the number one activity that blockchain threatens? Bank. Not real estate. It's banking. Yeah. Right. And 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 there's and, and it really is interesting because if you look at millennials in particular. Right. They did some surveys. OK. Uh, the surveys. God damn millennials. And basically the survey is what would you prefer going to the dentist or going to your bank? And most people say dentist. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Most people are like, yeah, you get that, some that, laughing gas. That's, that's why he likes service. the dentist. So, so, so people, so this is, this is this trend on millennials, right? They, they absolutely don't like banks. They don't like going to the banks. They don't like sitting in, in front yeah, of the, the teller, the teller or the guy Banker. saying, let's talk about your account. Yeah. You know, they, they want access to their money immediately, immediately. And they, and the other thing is they want freedom. Freedom is becomes a, is a really important thing. They want their mobile, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You want to have your money with you, where and they want to go live in Thailand Fiji, for a month, Thailand, wherever you know, you whatever are. it is, right? So 
the ability so the 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 uh the idea that you're tied to a mortgage negative for a lot of millennials yeah. you know they don't want to be paying right. a mortgage every month right right they they don't want to be signing a lease for their office they like we work you yeah. know yeah yeah uh so the, the the freedom aspect of this thing is important and so uh you know if as an asset class for millennials crypto is perfect right it's yeah. a perfect asset class because you know it, it allows no red tape <laughs> They can leave. They can do whatever they want. They can Anytime take their they can and, and they 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 can take their crypto with them. They have their wallets. They have everything. So, I think you know, and I think if you look at kind of the, um, you know, uh, there's a, a great analyst, Wall Street analyst named Tom Lee, who mm-hmm. talks about this a lot. You can watch his videos, and you know, Tom Lee, uh, I know him, and uh, he, his thesis is all this stuff's demographically based. So if you go back to my dad's generation, right? Mm-hmm. My dad's generation, his dad came out of the Great Depression, Great right? Depression, right? So these guys, my dad's generation, it was all about commodities, gold. You know, they're all gold bugs. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Guys who are 80 now, they're all gold bugs. You yeah. know, they're all... Own gold. You know, own gold, gold, right? Then, then, then you get my generation. We're more kind of like stocks, right? Blue chip so, stocks. Blue chip stocks. You know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, we're all... Buy the S and P five hundred. Buy the Dow. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. kind of a, high yielding, safe. Right. So then, term. then you the next generation, which is Gen X, right? Gen X are all about growth tech stocks. Yep. You know, so they they they're not interested in Exxon. They're no. interested in Facebook. Google, they're interested Facebook, in Google. They're interested Microsoft in early Netflix. On. Right. Yeah. So they're that's their yeah. infatuation. Right. So and every and so it, you know that generation peaked about a year ago okay yeah. year year or two ago gen x peaked okay and so you have this this you know gen x is like they got all the money right right when and they pushed out all the valuations of these tech stocks way up yeah. right amazon apple everything yeah, all this now the next generation is the millennials yeah much bigger in terms of numbers than gen x there's a big generation okay there's a lot of millennials right yeah. and there not so interested in stocks generally, okay? Crypto is of interest to them. They are interested. They're not necessarily sold on it yet, but they're interested in it. They're definitely, if you do surveys of millennials. And you could th- see th- why. They're interested, yeah. you know? And they're also interested in RVs, you mm-hmm. know, because they, you know, RV sales are at the all-time, all-time peak, peak, right? You know, which is crazy because they're... They're also interested in the environment, which yeah. RVs are RVs are awful, uh, terrible, right? Get a but green like, RV, green but RVs. RV sales are the Start highest they've ever RV. been, right? So isn't that I, phenomenal? So his <laughs> his point is: look, he thinks Bitcoin's going to a million, okay, and his argument is it's going to be over the. We're just starting to see the millennials get into their own. You know, my generation will die. You know, I will die. My generation will die. The next generation is not as big, and they're already going to the minority. Yeah. So this next generation could be the catalyst for huge, huge gains in crypto. Total so, sense. you know, I guess overall, I would recommend. I th- I think it's it's probably that alone is a compelling enough reason for everybody to try to own some crypto. And I would say own Bitcoin, right? If you're going to own just one. That's the S and P of that's, that's, currency of that's a Bitcoin. It. So Bitcoin. you know, 
So and look, there's only 21 million people ever who can own a Bitcoin. I own a Bitcoin. You know what I mean? So I'm one of the 21 million, you yeah. know? So I can buy one coin from you for 7,000 or from somebody. You can buy it from Coinbase. Yeah. Yeah. 7,000. $7,300. $7,300. You know? There you go. Yeah. And I own a coin. You can own a coin. That thing goes to a million. I'm celebrating. Right. But I'm just saying, like, what's... I think it's... You know, it, goes, it, it could it could be complete. You know, it could go back the lowest it's been. It started this year at three thousand. Yeah, so right. it's actually gone up hundred percent this year, right? But and it's been as high as thirteen thousand this year. So it's down again. There's very very volatile, but but the argument of if it penetrates mass scale and this becomes right. over so five, I don't 10 think years, Bitcoin will penetrate mass scale because it's. Bitcoin is too difficult to use, Got right? It. So, so something else is gonna. <laughs> that's yeah. where you come in. Yeah, no, look, I, something I think, will be more user friendly, and yeah. something is gonna go mass scale, and yeah. it's gonna so be I the think new. My my thinking is like beta and VHS. <laughs> yeah, more. I think the bed the the best way to think about it is Bitcoin is gold, right? Now. I own some gold. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you own any gold, like yeah. physical gold, right? But, you know, it's in a vault, a safe deposit box, right? right. I don't look at it very often. <laughs> I don't use it at all. No. You know what I mean? I've never used it ever. You didn't, you didn't you know walk I mean? it in to go buy your last car. <laughs> right. It's not like, here, thanks for the coffee. Here's a little bit of gold. gold. You know, it's like, so it's it's completely useless, useless. for microtransactions yeah. and everything else, right? Yeah. Last I checked, apps don't accept gold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to play Fortnite and buy some skins using gold. You gold know what right. I mean? So, like, it doesn't work, right? So, gold is useful. But I think the bigger story is what about crypto for the rest of us? Yeah. What about crypto that we can use just for things? Imagine micropayments. Micro everything. Micro sandwich payments. coffee, this, that, everything. Well, except I think much bigger than sandwich coffee. Sandwich coffee, that's pretty well handled, right, by your Visa credit card, okay? Yeah. What's not handled by your Visa credit card very well is apps, okay? So when you're dealing with buying with buying things that are in app or interacting with something on the, uh, on the, on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. If I can, if if tipping you is a matter of, let's imagine I'm on Instagram and I want to, I like your post. I go click, 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 and now you have a little bit of money. Okay, that's very cool, right? Now, wow. If I can say, you know what, Danny, I want to buy, or Fred, I want to buy an hour of your time. Click, send you that, boom, done. Okay, that's cool, right? So these small transactions yes. that are fast. If I'm going to whip out my credit card and put and, it in and, and, put, and put it in to. To, to tip you 10 cents? Yeah, no thanks. Absolutely not, right? Yeah, right. So, so crypto is ideal for that, right? Yeah. And it's, think of it, the absolute thing that it's ideal for is games. Games, okay? We all love to play games. 60% mm -hmm. of Americans play games. It's not 60%. even a male thing, okay? Male, female, and, women, and men play different games, but we yeah. all play games. Yeah. Women play more casual games. They, they like solitaire a lot more. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you play solitaire? Okay. Was, there wasn't you go. That right? Part of I win solitaire. Was solitaire the, yeah. was our number one, one game. Games, right? yeah. People, people love solitaire. <laughs> they still love it. They, My kids love it. They still love solitaire. Yeah. Okay. Go to a flight and go to someone waiting solitaire. Room and yeah. Watch how many people are playing solitaire. Yeah. Okay. So one thing we realized that I win is people will play in 
you have two choices. You can play solitaire and not win prizes, or you can play solitaire and you can win prizes. More fun to win prizes. Absolutely, <laughs> right? I would like to win prizes. So what if I told you you could play solitaire yeah. and win crypto? Sweet. You say, now that's, that's a great value proposition. Yeah. I think most people are like, so you're telling me I don't pay anything. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I can win crypto. Yes. And if I solve my solitaire puzzle really fast, I can win a lot of crypto. Yes. Yeah. I'm in. Okay. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> sold. Why not? Yeah. Right. So that's really cool. So I have a 12 year old, right? And, you know, if I said, and I said to my 12 year old, how about I could get you one of these custom skins for this new game that's signed by Ninja? He's like, are you kidding me? Like, I will do anything. Coolest thing that. ever. Yeah, yeah, coolest thing ever. Yeah. Like, you know, I want one of these custom. <laughs> yeah. And I go, you realize that, you know, there may be 10,000 of these things, whatever. He goes, I need it. Yeah. I need, I, I, you know, and, you know, so the the idea of having these virtual goods, right, that are they're, they're virtual. They don't exist in reality. Yeah, can't right. can't touch it. But you can't touch it, but you can use it. In the game. In the game, right? which is part of your life experience yeah. and so entertainment like, experience. I, I, for example, my, you know, he's obsessed with like Gucci, you know, like Ooh, I, my, good taste. He good, you know, he loves Gucci, whatever. He, <laughs> Gucci, has, he has one Gucci. Gucci thing, which is a Gucci T-shirt. Right. Yeah. But like I said, if I could get you a pair of Gucci loafers in the game, in the game, in Fortnite, would you pay a lot of how much would you pay to own Gucci loafers in Fortnite? He's like a lot. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think I would take all my savings and, and put it into buying the Gucci <laughs> so, the loafers in Fortnite, right? So the idea that you could get That's these amazing. items, and if you think about it, is that any more crazy than me walking over to Gucci and buying them in real life? For $700. Is it really? <laughs> I mean, it's not if you're spending seven hours a day in the, in in the, the game, game. Yeah. You know, and if everybody's looking at you and they go, oh, you're the cool kid with, with Gucci, Gucci loafers, loafers you that. know? So it's, you know, we, wow. we, you know, this is a mind blowing, you know, expensive <laughs> jacket. Right. But it's sort of like, I feel better when I have it. If I play the game and I feel better because I have the good, this same, cool jacket, same concept, same deal. Right. Yeah. It's just that we're living our life differently. Yeah. We're living our life more in online in, in these digital games, realm. Right? Yeah. Right. So virtual goods already are big. You're going to be so much bigger. Oh my God. Okay. And basically all the, these virtual goods and blockchain are like a match made in heaven, yeah. right? Because now I get this virtual thing and I buy it and I get two of them and I want to sell one or I'm, I'm over it. You yeah. know, that was cool last year, but I'm over it now. Like I want to sell this and I want to get one of these new Gucci loafers. You, you know? can sell your virtual jacket. I could sell my virtual jacket. And go and buy a virtual loafers. loafers. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right. Holy so crap. now I'm going to be selling. So now there's this eBay for virtual goods. Right. Which so I'm basically other business, which yeah. is like, you know, I got, you know, man, Marketplace. I, I, I snag some great sneakers yeah. on this version. Yeah, you know, like, watch. You can get anything. You can make money. You can get guys get rich. Just trading trading there. Yeah. You know, so this is an activity that this is like going to be a whole economy. A whole and economy, whole and we're seeing this already. We've seen it with really early things like Second Life. Right. Second Life. There's an enormous amount of activity that's happening on second yeah, life. Remind me what that is. I'm not. It's one of these virtual worlds where you can kind of come in and just spend your life there. Yeah. Every it's day, like this kind of like Minecraft yeah. you know, type thing. You know, you're just in, in, in this world, world doing all these and different you have these, things. You know, you have these people who are tarot readers and they do, you know, give them, they have this currency called Linden dollars and, you know, unreal. It, but this is this what our is kids not, are doing. This is not 
going to be the exception. This is going to be the, the norm. norm. This will yeah. be the absolute norm of, and if you see kids playing Fortnite today, that game is only a year and a half old. Yeah. Okay. That game is, yeah. it's the, immersive. The iterations. It's immersive, right? Um, you know, the two things that people wanted for Christmas last year were V-Bucks and crypto. Those are the two things. Like, uh, so I'm just saying like this, this, we are no, we are at the very beginning of something. And I, you know, there's a lot of obstacles, right? Legal. Yeah. A lot of other things, right? Figuring out, making this thing mass adoption is, is it's challenging because like most of the people in crypto are not consumer guys like the people who built Fortnite. You know, uh, most of them are just tech nerds. Yeah. And, you know, we haven't had these consumer solutions yet that have, you know, sort of changed with the way people think and yeah. people approach this stuff. I think we're going to have the first one. Incredible. I think when you look at links in January, not not long, three weeks, three four weeks. weeks, you're going to come in and you're going to be like, well, that was so easy. I just I went and I created an account and we got some friends on there. I so started playing. How, some. how would I get it? Would I get it? Go to the app store or to go? The, yeah, I go to the app store and yeah. I get uh, you go to the app store. So there's I get less links. things I can do on iOS than on Android. Uh, so we have a, a desktop version that you can download. Yeah. The iOS puts limitations on some of the things we can do. Yeah. Um, but you go, you download it, you, yeah, you have so it, very and easy. boom, you're in business in January. You can yeah, start. so, you know, that that's just sort of the general setup, you know. So, you know, if we can, if we can start uh, consumerizing this crypto, I, I think you'll be surprised at how many people start using it. And then... And then it's, it you know, then, then we sense. start, then you start, you know, then I think you're going to start getting into different applications and people yeah. are, people are going to be like, well, let's see, I like the general game thing here, but I'm a, I want to build this thing for, you know, my real estate business or, right. or some other business or, you know, there's a lot of there's different so many applications. applications. There's a lot of different applications, Big, but you've got to get, in between. you got to get started uh, with the killer apps, right? And so if you look at the killer apps of the internet, email was one of them, right? That was one of the things that yeah. everybody- Changed the world. That changed the world, right? You know, because everybody felt like, oh, I can email Danny, well, that's useful, you know? Even back when it was CompuServe. Yeah. You know, people were like, that's that's useful. Yeah. I don't know about the rest of the stuff. There's website stuff, I don't wanna make a website. Yeah. People still don't wanna make websites, you know? But email was one of the killer apps. And then social social became one of the killer apps, right? And, you know, Evan and I had this thing called Tag World. Tag World, yeah. And, you know, we were we were sort of right in between MySpace and Facebook, you know. Yeah. And we and that sold to Apple? And we sold it to uh, MTV. Universe, oh, MTV. Yeah, right. Viacom. And so, you know, it wasn't really 100% clear how it was going to evolve. It wasn't clear that Facebook was going to win, you know, mm -hmm. at the time. It wasn't. But it was clear that the stuff was getting was addictive, you know, that you could definitely see, okay, I, I want to spend I'm I, I want to spend time on this site. Yes. You know, it's like I'm not even sure I should be, but I'm it's entertaining. It's, it's entertaining. Yeah. So I kind of feel like crypto, we gotta get it to where it's has that same time wasting phenomena. Yeah. Right. That you want to go to links and just waste time. And it's entertaining. And enter get entertained. Play some games, uh, you know, win some crypto, lose some crypto, have fun, 
You know, yeah. that's that's sort of the goal. Can yeah. we build that? Well, and you that know, seems to be the next that's the 18 next, months, like this next yeah, iteration. Next 12 months. I say, months. you know, I think I think if we if we don't have, you know, we have 70,000 people who have paid for our wallet yeah. right now. Right. So it's a paid wallet If we don't have a million or plus people by June who are like using this new crypto thing, I'd be I'd be shocked. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Well, if you're going to bet on anyone, you bet on you, Fred. Well, bet I have on to Fred bet on Kruger. myself. Like, I'm no. not, you know, I don't have I'd a bet on you. I'd all in. If you <laughs> say you it's know, look, I just Links, baby, links. It's it's, it's going to be cool. So, you know, maybe I'll come back or something. Yeah, uh, let's we'll hear just, it you'll just, six you'll, just, you'll, just, you'll just come in six months and we'll see, right. see if this thing panned out or yeah. not. We'll see. So before we wrap up, I yeah. always like to get people's advice. So you come from your world and your experience. What, what are some, you said, tenacity and work ethic and stick-to-itiveness. But what are some of your your lessons you've learned through selling nine companies and mm-hmm. grinding every day? If you were passing it on to a younger Fred, yeah. you were talking to you just coming out of school, what are some advice or some things that you think are important? I think, uh, I would say, you know, this is, this is not just me saying this. I, I think Warren Buffett said this too, which I think is actually pretty good advice is, Sort of follow your own uh, compass, not somebody else's. I think that there's a lot of people who who basically get too distracted by what somebody else is telling them mm, to do, or what. Yes. And I think it's 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 a Love really that. good idea to make up your own mind as to what you know what's important to you, uh, and to and to, to 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 figure out where you are relative to that goal. And not relative to where you are relative to where somebody else says you should be or so I think, you know, just great picking, advice. picking so your important. own thing is really is really key. Um uh, you know, my I I've had a a more of a kid like approach to this thing. So, you know, even though I'm in my fifties my wife thinks I'm probably five, you know, because like I'm, you know, I, I don't take this stuff too seriously. I have a right. more of a, it's to me, it's a game, yeah. you know, and uh, I, uh, I like to, I like to think, okay, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in fortunate in enough position that I can take some losses and yeah. do stuff. But I think you got to be a little, you got to be willing to lose if you're going to make, right? And a lot of people are just looking to make, you know, they're not looking to, they're not, they're too risk averse. And so especially young people, and I'll just close with this. There's one young guy who used to work for me. I think the guy was 25. He was a designer. He was very, he was very, I liked him a lot. Uh, This kid, and he was very good. And then I saw him once he was spending all his time on this, his IRA. And I was like, why are you wasting so much time on your IRA? You know, you're, you're 25, 25, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you should be, you know, it, I know, I know you're trying to figure out whether you should be putting $150 this month or, or 300 or whatever, you know, but like by Facebook, you know, Netflix. you know, reading all these, you know, articles to optimally adjust your yeah. thing from 4% was, to four and a half percent. You know, it's like, uh, it's not going to matter. You know yeah, what I mean? It's like not moving the needle is it, not moving the needle, you know? And you need to take some wild ass crazy bets at your life, you know, at that stage, yes. at that stage. And, you know, 
make some good bets, but you know, uh, you know that the time to do that is when you're 65, you know what I mean? And you're, you're sitting there and you're, you're really just, you know, now should I go to Denny's or maybe there's a, you know, blue, blue light special somewhere else. I could say five bucks, you know, like, you know, but there's take risks. Don't be afraid to take risks. I think it should be, I think it's, 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 it's good idea if you're, especially below 30, right. To be a little bit more risk, uh, risk prone, uh, because it's just going to get much more difficult. Yeah. You know, when you're 40, 50, your, your ability to take those risks and recover is going to be much less. Yeah. So I'd say if you're 20, just do whatever the, just be completely crazy. <laughs> start a company. Don't worry about it going bankrupt. Doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. Right. Take a lot of risk. Yeah. You know, learn even in your thirties, I would say, take a lot of risk. Yeah. Uh, and I would say the other thing is, you know, um, don't a lot of people prematurely think of themselves as old as I'm old. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember when I was 30, you know, thinking like, you're old as that man, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm a has-been. I've been a dinosaur. Isn't 50 you know? The new 30. It, it's sort of any, any age. I mean, it's sort of, you know, you can, you can, you know, subject to your health and your resources right. and everything else. You can do stuff at any age, yeah, really. It's at a mindset. This, at this point, you pretty much can. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Uh, and the world is, you know, the world is sufficiently connected and there's so much opportunity. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you could Absolutely. start a company at 70. I mean, right. it's like, yeah. you know, you start could. Up. Right. If, if you've got the stamina and everything else for it, you could do it, you yeah. know. So I just, you know, I, I people who people who give me this while I'm I, I saw somebody on Facebook post uh, I hit 32. It's rough. <laughs> like, I'm like, you're a baby. What's rough about that? Yeah. You, know, like, you could fail 10 and 10 more startups yeah, and fail. I know, well, like, I think yeah, that's probably a huge so. part of your success. You've taken a very, well, I'm just, I don't, you know, I'm different approach to it. Yeah. And I just think that's, uh, you know, you, you can't take anything too seriously anyways, because you you're, you're not taking it with you. Yeah, that's true. You are not taking it with you. It's you not know, coming with it, you. it goes pretty quick. Yeah. So, you, you know, only live once. It's not a dress rehearsal. Once. I mean, it, I, I do think you should go for the gold ring, though. I mean, look, you know, you should try to try to make a lot of money. It's good. Go for you it. Know? Yeah. Um, if you lose it, it's, so what? You know, learn the lesson, move on, move the lesson, move on. And, you know, well, that, that's 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 about that's about how deep I get, which yeah. is not that deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to get some links in, yeah. the, in January. Thank yeah, you. I'd love, to, I'd love to to have you in the links ecosystem. You can, you know, well, yes. maybe we'll have these kind of we'll have a uh, online version of this, you that know, inside of links. You know? I would love it. And if and there's we'll, anything we'll bring I can... you back in six months for, uh, you know, links podcast inside of links. I would love it. I would and people love can it. tip you and uh, yeah, please and, tip, and me, tip me. Tip yeah. me. I will take it. But you're a brilliant guy. Thank you for Thank sharing you for and breaking it down the, and, uh, on the deal. Have a good weekend. Okay. Thanks for listening to the deal. I'm Danny Brown, and if I don't talk to you soon, see ya. Hey, thanks again for Fred Krueger coming in over the holidays, making this happen before his launch. 
breaking down blockchain and the future of everything, you can find Fred Krueger at Fred Krueger on Facebook. You can also learn all about EOS links at linkschain.io. Links spelled L-Y-N-X, chain.io. Get some coins, start playing games, start hiring people, all sorts of interactive things you can do there. It's the future, but it's happening now and it is exploding. Thanks again. Our subscriber base is way up. We're streaming in 44 states now and 26 countries. So we appreciate it. If you like what you hear, let people know. Leave us a five-star review and comment. Please also, you can take a screenshot uh, of the of the podcast and uh, put it in your story on Instagram or Facebook. That helps us a lot to get more listeners. We appreciate you following us. Talk to you soon.